Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. On this episode, I am joined by Quinn Borchard. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? It's, it's like Borchard, but like Orchard with a B in front of it. So everybody tries to put a little bit of like flair like on French, it. But it's, yeah. it's, really just like, it's Borchard. Okay, Quinn Borchard, thanks for joining me. Um, right, I like wrote some notes. Top SoCal junior, top college player at Portland, played pro and ITF circuit, currently a teaching pro, coach, father, husband. Your son just won Little Mo. You also play pickleball. You recently, within the last few years, won, didn't you guys win a national title as an adult? So still competing in tennis, all around tennis enthusiast badass and all of the above and welcome thanks for joining me uh thanks for having me michelle um that's a nice intro (laughs) (laughs) a lot lot of stuff going on um but super nice intro i'm super happy to be here and um i'm ready to get it going Yes. Okay. So I really wanted to have this episode and have you give a bit of a perspective as a, not only a tennis parent, but a tennis coach who's coaching an up and coming player. And, you know, you are on all sides of it. And I think that tennis parent relationship can be a tough one to navigate. And also the tennis coach relationship can be a tough one to navigate. So yeah, tell, like, give us a little bit more. You give me your background, your bio and all that. And then give me the information about your family and how that dynamic is. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, like, like you said, I'm, I'm from Southern Cal. I played Southern Cal junior tennis. Um, I did that whole thing. And then I went to college at university of Portland in Oregon and played four years for the pilots. And then after that, I came back home and kind of was teaching a little bit. And then I, um, at 26, I got the head teaching pro job at Sunset Hills Country Club in Thousand Oaks. And I've been there for 13 years. Um, it's been a great place. Uh, I'm super happy that they've get me on and they like me, hopefully. Um, and been doing that for a long time. And yeah, and still kind of got more into playing actually as I got into my late 20s. Um, I'm 39 now, so a lot of different roads, but I started playing a lot more when I was in my late 20s and, and got a little bit better and then just kind of got a little bit more better and kept playing and then was playing some doubles and kind of dabbling a little bit in like the, the future is when I could like, you know, win the wild card tournaments and things like that. Um, one, one Ohio um, men's open doubles, uh, one of the years with one of my buddies um, from Pepperdine, Callie Henson. And yeah, just did that. And then I, I was on, um, won a couple of gold balls uh, in the 35s nationals. And um, I'm jealous. That's it always been my goal, like back end to get the gold balls. And you've already done it. So. Yeah, it was, it's weird. I, I've got a few. I, I won one in the National Open in 2012. But then I, I as soon as I kind of got to be 35, I was like, ah, you know, I could maybe still play. And, um, you know, just found a couple of good partners and Nick Rainey and Darren Cohen. And uh, they, you know, luckily they came yeah. through and um, that was cool. So, yeah. And then during COVID, you know, it was really not very much. So I was just kind of training um, my, my tennis group, my kids group, mostly through there. And then started playing pickleball and was doing a lot of pickleball for a while. Um, I think I got to be like top 20 in the world in singles. 
which sounds, I think, a little bit better than it really is, but it's still pretty cool. And then, yeah, now kind of still playing some pickleball, but my junior group at Sunset and with all the coaches, like, is really kind of taking off. So we're really excited about that. And um, I think that'll be a, a nice thing for a long time because the juniors are awesome and they're young. And so never really had really young ones be doing really well. So super excited. That's okay. I have so many follow-up questions. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, okay, absolutely. Um, are you still looking to compete for yourself? Are you still training that way? And like, what does training as and now that we're in our late thirties, uh, look like for you? Like if you're getting ready to go play nationals and all that, how many hours are you spending on the court? Is it like less about court time, more about gym time? Is it, are you sprinting? Are you playing just more matches? What does that look like? Great question. Um, <laughs> so I have a wife and two kids and I have two boys that are eight and six. And um, <laughs> my wor- my wife has a pretty big time job. She's a business owner and um, she is doing a lot of that. So I have a lot of, um, I'm kind of mostly taking care of the boys if I can, you know, as much as I can. So training, not Great. Um, you, you would be surprised. I, I'm going to probably try to do forties cause I will turn 40 this year. Okay. And, um, I'm probably going to do it the Nash, the, op- the hardcore one because that's in La Jolla. And then it's also father son. So I can play with my, my, my son, yes. James. So like, it's the same kind of thing. So I definitely going to start training what that is. Hopefully get some college guys to play with me. Um, some, I do get a little bit of hitting when I'm teaching it's going to be tough. Luckily, like I play a game that doesn't really necessarily need a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a old school serve and volley, uh, first, second serve ground strokes are very dicey, <laughs> but my volleys and serve are still good. So doubles and, and singles is okay. So I don't really have to do too much, but I do need to get more in shape because I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot lately. So okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there. The forties the, the is in like lat, latter part of the year. So, okay. I know. Like if you want to, if there's mixed doubles forties and you want a partner next year, like I like oh, I'm so, in. I'm okay. in, I'm for a mixed partner for sure. Absolutely. Dude, let's do great. It. I'm, if you can get a gold ball, you can get any kind of, kind of ball. Trust me. I was super pumped when I, I it was, it was, a, I was happy. <laughs> It's so intimidating to you. And like I, growing up in SoCal, like you could like look to your right, look to your left and you have like amazing champion players like to practice with right. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then you get older and it's like life happens and it's like you have an hour to do something for yourself. And you're like, do I go to the gym? Do I go for a hike? Do I do yoga? Do I play? T-? You know, it just kind of or for you, you're probably like, what what are the kids need? And like, how do I? Yeah. It's a lot of juggling. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a busy life right now, for sure. Okay, so we got you. We're working on that 40s gold ball. I love it. I'm <laughs> here for it. <laughs> um, with the kids. Okay, talk to me more about this junior program. It To me, what I've seen is like you've essentially created this group of junior players that like it's super fun. They're having a great time. How many hours are they training? What does the training look like for them? Are they, you know, hitting all day or are they doing stuff that doesn't require hitting? Are you doing mental stuff? What kind of like conditioning are you doing? And if I didn't say, what are the age group? What's the age? Okay. Let me, I guess I'll take you through the history of it. Um, so kind of, I would say six years ago, 
at Sunset, we created a program that was, it was obviously like I had an invested interest because James, my son, he was two and I took him out on the court and I was actually kind of amazed like what we could do. And so it wasn't like, oh man, this is, this is awful. Like you can't like, we're not why we need, he could do some things. And I was like, well, you know, maybe like if I get some of his friends, we can, we can do a little class. And then kind of from there, like there was other kids that wanted to play. And so we kind of built this, this program that we, we started, we started it we had like a two to three year old class, a four to five year old class and six to eight and like kind of did that. And it was, it, and it's been, it's been nice. And kind of from there, and we're still doing it, um, but like from there, we built kind of a thing that is really grown. So like some of the kids that I'm working with, I have worked with since they hit their first ball at like six years old or four years old. Um, I have a couple kids that were in that were literally three years old when they started, and now they're playing Southern Cal tournaments, and it's a really cool thing to see um, because you, in junior tennis, like especially when you're coaching, like you don't necessarily it's hard to see kids all the way through, not saying I'm going to, but like, it's really special for me to, to, you know, know, I remember like that particular kid's first day on the court and me telling to the parents like, Hey, I think they can be, you know, really good players. And now it's kind of happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's very, it's, it's as a coach, like, I mean, it honestly, it, it excites me so much, but it's also just so cool to see, the kids grow up and, and, you know, do really great things on the court. I think the obvious question is like, where's the fine line between having fun, starting to succeed and burnout? Cause that, I mean, I would assume it's already, I, I don't know. And you also like juggling parents' personalities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Without offending anyone. <laughs> so for me, um, and I'm a, I won't say I'm a little different, but I'm a little different. I come from a little bit more background. So I was at Cabrillo Racquet Club with Wayne Bryan and Mike and Bob. And, you know, and I, I had some coaches that really, to be honest, like I were more about fun. Like it was about having fun and really kind of hooking the, the players onto the aspect of tennis being fun. And so for me, I think. I'm going to do when I do my coaching and I do my classes that I'm going to mean more on the fun, the technique stuff. Yes, that's important, mm -hmm. but that can come later. I, I don't think you can grind these kids so much doing, you know, 20 balls, cross courts and then like, Oh no, no, the forehands, it's not here. It's here. You know? And like, and I think that that's not fun. They don't want to do that. Not saying that they shouldn't do some of that, but we're going to always go more for, let's play some fun games. Let's do this. And let's, let's keep it fun because if it's not fun, nobody's going to want to come and tennis is going to be boring. And then you go into the burnout factor. Mm -hmm. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, when I see, and, and everybody can do it their own way, you know, like there's no right way. I, I just know the way I do it. But when I see parents out there with the ball machine, grinding the kid, talking about strokes, like every single stroke, like, I don't think that's fun. I don't think that's fun for any kid. Um, it may work for them, but for me and for what I've seen, I think the kids really want to play and enjoy themselves. And I'd rather do that than really work like crazy technique stuff. Like when you do private and stuff like that, you can work technique, but like when you do the group classes, like it should be fun first. 
And then, and then from all that else that that builds what that's what builds motivation to be like, Oh, like tennis is great. Like I, I want to come to the class. I want to, I want to come because like, we're, we're doing this, all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And not like, Oh yeah, no, no, like 10 year old is like, Oh, you know what? I really want to work on my contact point of the forehand. If you know, just get it an inch. They don't really want to do that. They want to play. They want to have a good time. They, they want to have a nice experience coming to the court. And that's what I'm, that's what I try to do. And that's what, our staff at Sunset Hills is always trying to do. Yeah, that is awesome. And I would assume you kind of mentioned this, this like parallels how you grew up in tennis or did you have like any experiences as a junior player that you're like, okay, I definitely am not going to replicate that because that's that wasn't fun or it like scarred me or like, I don't know about you, but I definitely can like recall exact moments on the court as a kid and just being like, I will never treat a player <laughs> like that or like I will never do that to my own kid or like I don't know maybe I have more traumatized than you. Well, yeah, I mean it it's tough. I mean, I would say as a junior growing up for me like I wouldn't say I was easy to coach at all. <laughs> um same. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a decent personality but like I'm also the same thing. It's like if I kind of think when I do coaching like I want to, I'm going to coach the way that I want to be coached. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. And that may not be perfect for everybody, but like, I'm not going to sit there doing drill after drill after drill. Like I, I constantly, when I'm doing my privates, like I'm like, okay, like we can do some of this, but like, is that going to be enjoyable? Like, is that going to be fun? Like, so we do more, you know, I, I'm mostly when I'm doing lessons, I'm doing live ball hitting or doing most of that stuff. And I'm not going super crazy on the, the technique stuff because like, I wouldn't want to be coached like that. I want to have fun. I want to play. I want, like I'm more of a competitor and I want to play games and all that sort of stuff. Not to say that that's wrong, but um, I coach basically how I would like to be coached. Um, and I want to have fun too. Like, yeah. you know, for the coach, you, you want to, if you're not enjoying it either, then like, why are you doing it? So <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Okay. I um, have a couple of questions. How do you know when you have a kid that should start playing tournaments or when is like, I'm sure there are parents out there who have kids your age or maybe just around the same ages and they're, they're playing tennis a couple times a week and they're curious about entering them into tournaments. What, what does that look like to you? Or like, what do you recommend that next step of like, they've been playing tennis, they're interested. What's the next step? Great question. Okay. Um, I get this a lot. So I would think in my opinion, um, if they can serve it over and they can rally, go ahead and start entering stuff. Um, yeah. Obviously, enter the entry level stuff. I would say, like you know, in Ventura County, we have VCJTA, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, USTA with the with the USTA Junior Circuit and mm-hmm. the level sevens. Um, all of that is great because it's a lot different than kind of how we were in mm-hmm. juniors, where it was like you played a tournament and like you hope that you didn't get you know the number one seed and you lost first round and then you were gone. Yeah. Um, now, now how it is, it's, it's a little bit better, especially for entry level where you, you're going to play a bunch of matches around Robin and you're going to kind of be there for a couple hours and play and then have a decent experience and kind of do that. So I think as soon as, as soon as they can rally and you really feel like they can serve the ball in and keep score, like mm-hmm. I would go for it. Yeah. When you play tournaments, most of the time it motivates the kid to play more. Most of the time. Obviously, like there's a few times that it doesn't necessarily happen, but 
I think it, it motivates the kids to play more. I mean, they, they have now something to kind of do in the weekends. They're, they're training towards something mm-hmm. because they want to do well in the tournament. They, you know, and it's fun. It, I mean, tournaments and competing is fun. So I, I would think as soon as they can do it, absolutely. I would nice. go for it. Yeah. Okay. And follow up from there is how do you approach losing? Because I don't know about you. That's like the worst. That was like the worst part of tennis. <laughs> it still is. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> um, it's unfortunate that there has to be a loser every match um, in a tournament. There's only one winner. I think, I don't know. I'm so, I'm kind of like old school. Um, I love tennis because of that. Um, I, I think it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. Now that I see it as a parent, as well as a coach, um, that it's tough with you when your kids lose, um, and especially in tennis, which is it's an individual sport. So it's not like, oh, the team lost, but I did really good. Yeah. No, in, in tennis, it's like, no, you lost. You lost, and now you may feel bad, and that's how it's going to go. I, I mean, you know, it, it's just part of the game. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know how it is. Like, you lose so much in tennis. However, it, it's such a, I mean, you learn, you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. on the tennis court and, and all that. I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, I don't know, like I, I keep, you know, telling my parents, like, you know, I mean, losses are part of it. And, um, the, the most of the thing that I would say is if, if your kid, if you ask the kid, like, did you have a good time? Would you do it again? And they say, yes, mm-hmm. then we're golden. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, Cause most of the time it, it's, it's, I mean, everyone's going to lose. Like, I mean, it's going to happen. Right. So, but if you're enjoying it and it's something that you want to keep doing, then great. You know, I, I mean, at first I think, you know, I, I, a lot of kids, it's, they struggle with, with losing, but I mean, like I said, the greatest part is if you can get them in those novice tournaments, those USTA junior circuit tournaments, those VCJTAs, then it's a lot better because you're not going into just getting smoked every single weekend. You know, you can find the level that you can play. And then I kind of really like the new system that they've had because I think with the levels, because I actually think it's really easy to kind of like, okay, you can find your level and then, okay, like try to do well in that level and then you can move up a level and all that sort of stuff. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, unfortunately losing part of it, but you know, I, I think it's, I think it's good for the kids in, in all honesty. For sure. And I actually am working with an 11 year old who's only been playing tennis for a year and a half and she's so talented. Like it's insane. She's such an athlete, but yeah. And she just started competing in UTR matches. So it's so interesting to like hear her perspective because I mean, we, you started tennis early. I started tennis early. Like that was all I knew as you know, like I knew what a USTA tournament looked like when I was eight and like, she's 11. She has no idea what a a tennis tournament she watched. Um, she watched King Richard and I was like, Oh, that's great. That you know, like that felt like my life. But, um, I asked her like how to go. And she's like, well, I played this girl. She was like two years older than me. And she had such a big serve. And I'm like, awesome. How, like, how did you feel you played? And she, Oh, I played. Okay. I'm like, okay. Do you want to go back and do it again? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, here's a new perspective. Yeah. Like for sure. What a great way to look at it. Not like, Oh, I lost. It sucked. I'm sad. You know, which like, sometimes we just hang on to the word loss too long. And it's like, what can we pull out of this? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're just looking for the progression for sure. 
For sure. Um, you mentioned your parents. I was curious what kind of relationship you had with your parents growing up through tennis. And if you've adopted some of the similar, you yeah. know, like if it looks the same or you're like, I love you guys, but. So um, actually, to be honest, I actually started tennis at 11 and a half. Okay. So well, so I, I started disregard a, what I, I just said. Um, I started a little late. I did not, no one in my family plays tennis. I have four older brothers. Uh, I come from a baseball family. Um, my dad still thinks that maybe this tennis thing is a phase. <laughs> maybe one day I'll come back to baseball. Um, like I grew up with a batting cage in my backyard. So um, tennis is a little, not, I wouldn't say weird for my family, but it's definitely something we, we didn't do. But it wasn't, you know, like I was watching Wimbledon one day and um, my mom asked me, did you want to take a lesson? And I said, yes. And kind of like from there, that's kind of where it went. Nice. Um, my mom was pretty much, um, she was, you know, the big driver um, in, in my junior career. I mean, she not only was the, the driver of the car, but the, <laughs> you know, the driver of like, you know, my tennis, like she was there 95% of my matches, um, keeping score. She, you know, which I think in, in junior tennis, like you're going to need, you're going to, I mean, as, as much as we would love our children to be self-motivated to do all this stuff and we can help them, um, you're going to need at least one parent that's going to be, you know, a driving force to do it. So um, shout out to my parents for being supportive um, of my tennis and my mom for, you know, sacrificing all the weekends and, and all that stuff and, and all the money and, and all that sort of thing. And so she was pretty, she was pretty much like the instrumental thing of, you know, me getting better and, and all that sort of stuff. And as a tennis parent now, um, obviously as a coach and a parent, like with James, um, you know, I'm the driving force there. He, he doesn't, he wants me to be there every time. Like if I can't be there, he doesn't really want to play the tournament at this point. Um, he, he just kind of, and it's funny, it's like, it's, but it's for us, it's unique because he kind of gets it because he's seen me play. Mm -hmm. Like I took him to, to national grass court 35s when he was five years old. And like, so when I play, like, I almost kind of look at him too, because he kind of knows what I'm talking about. And then, so then it's kind of like a, it's kind of a thing now. So um, yeah, I mean, as a tennis parent, you're going to, you'd love your kids to be self-motivated. Most of them are, they do, but like, you definitely need to help for sure. But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about James, if you don't mind. You guys went to Little Mo, which is like in Florida, right? On yeah, that was, that was the internationals. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay. Talk about how, like you even that led how you got to there. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, like I said, we've been kind of training. We, we have, I have a, a lot of really good juniors that are very young, like 11 and under. So um, James is eight. Um, and so we have a, we have a little group that, you know, it's about 12 to 14 kids and they're all kind of around the same ability or in between like eight and 11 years old. And, um, I just did a, like during COVID, we just did a lot because there wasn't really, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of had to do a small group and um, there really, it was, it was such a fun, like a funky time, you know, mm -hmm. like, and we couldn't really do camps because of big groups. So I kind of worked with them a lot. And then, you know, James was like seven at that time. And so I was like, oh, he, he looks pretty good. Like, I, I, I think he's pretty good. So, and then, I, I mean, I don't know if the, the listeners, viewers know what Little Mo is. Um, Little Mo is basically for like the eight, nine, 10 year olds, like 
if you think that your kid's pretty decent, like you kind of put them in there and it's kind of like their national championship, international. They've had a lot of um, like pros come through there, like Jensen Brooksby, Brandon Nakshima. I think Borna Korich played one of the internationals. Um, so, and, and like Coco Goff. All the, so kind of like if you, if you feel like the kid is young, but when they're eight or nine, they don't really have a lot to do playing one tournaments wise. Um, so you kind of put them there and then, that's kind of what I did. I, I I didn't know how good I thought he was pretty good, but I didn't know. And so I kind of wanted just to see, cause you look on Instagram and you look at like, Oh man, this kid, like he's seven years old. Like it, and it looks amazing, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so I put him in, um, they did a regional in, um, Berkeley and I took a couple, I had another couple students come and, um, he won that one. And I was like, Oh, okay, well then he's, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He looked pretty good. So then we went to nationals and he ended up winning that one. And then, so I was like, okay, well then, you know, he's, he's doing pretty good there. And then we went to internationals in Florida and on, on the clay. And then he ended up winning that one too. So he's doing well. I mean, <laughs> no big deal. He's very young. So it's like, it doesn't, it, it could be cool. It could be amazing or it couldn't amount to nothing. You, you never know. It's, it's great. Um, but also scary because, you know, I've, I've done the research with the kids in Little Mo and like 50% of them go on to either pro or like high division one and big colleges. And then 50% of them don't do anything. They don't, they don't really play anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the big goal for me is to like, make sure I, I don't mess him up. I don't burn him out mm-hmm. and he enjoys playing tennis because it's, a, I mean, you know, it's a long, long road. I mean, if you look at James at eight years old, he has 10 more years in the juniors, 10 more years of his dad, you know, <laughs> in his ear all the time. And so like, I mean, that's going to get annoying. So I, you know, I have to kind of keep it as chill as I can. And at any time, it's just, it's just such a long road, you know, oh, you can totally. have success early and then not have it later. And so, well, and, um, that's a great, I want to segue into gear, but before we get there and I want you to like plug your Instagram, if you're comfortable, but your Instagram is like one of my favorites to follow (laughs) because there's like so much James content. And he's like, first of all, the cutest kid also like, I obviously have never seen him play except on Instagram and the videos I've watched, but like, he seems like such a grind player. Like he gets every ball back. He's out there practicing his serve. He's whatever. But the thing that I have taken away the most is the in-betweens of tennis is like, it's so cute. You guys are like going to get Jimmy John sandwiches. And like after the matches, it's like, we got to go here. And then we're doing this. And like, we're hanging out with our friends. And I think just from an outsider looking in, that's got to be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I get to do all this fun stuff and play tennis. And it seems like so far, good job. <laughs> That's all well, I gotta say. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it fun for him. You know, mm-hmm. um, the, I, I have another son, Bo, uh, who's also six. And you know, those guys. I mean, when you have two boys, like I mean, they're doing s- silly stuff all the time. And um, you know, Bo's starting to play a little bit now, so we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, the in between stuff. I mean, like you know, that's that. You know, like that's yes there's the tennis stuff but like there's also the in-between stuff which is super fun like right going staying in the hotels and going to get lunch and all that sort of stuff like we we did junior team tennis and like all the all the whole team were staying in the hotels and we went to you know 
the mini golf place and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And that's the stuff that you remember. Like when I talk to all my friends that, you know, grew up and we all remember going, you know, like to zonals and, 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 yeah, zonals yeah. And, and all that stuff. Like that's the stuff that you remember. And I really hope that, you know, like I, I hope James is enjoying it and um, he remembers these things. And I, I, I try to, you know, mirror the things that I really like doing and, you know, with tennis, it, it, it can be such a grind when you play and, you know, it's nervous and you know, matches and then, but if you have buddies and friends and mm-hmm. to kind of be with, then it makes it a lot easier. We're, we're trying to have some good times all the time and, and go different places. Like, you know, when we went to Florida, we went to the Everglades and then they had, there was a cool part was like, there was a rain delay for like eight hours in, in Florida, but like all of the eight-year-old boys, like they were all playing together. And I thought it was great. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's about and that's what it should be about. Mm-hmm. And um, the more they can kind of do that, you know, the, the better and the better experience they have and the better they're going to think of tennis. Yeah. And, you know, which is kind of what you really want, especially as a coach and, you know, as a parent as well. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing that I think you've done a great job with is he's playing doubles also, which every oh, yeah. college coach out there is like, thank goodness. Um, and they, did he win mixed doubles at Little Mo also? He won regular doubles. Regular doubles. Okay. Mixed doubles. He didn't. He was a little nervous to play with a girl, I think, <laughs> um, that he didn't know. Um, he played with a buddy that he met through Little Mo, um, okay. and they won the regular doubles. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, doubles. He's playing a, a tournament singles and doubles in this next weekend too. And so, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I mean, I'm a big doubles guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think doubles is fun. It takes a little pressure off yourself and like you get to play with usually your buddies and um, it's more fun. And, and yeah, like I said, like college, they, they want doubles players mm-hmm. and it, it helps develop volleys and, and all that sort of thing. I can't really, you know, stress enough how juniors should play doubles. I would like, I would love if tournaments had more doubles um, because it's just, it's just another way for the juniors to get better and practice their volleys and all that sort of thing. A hundred percent. And even speaking to some of the players on the tour right now, there's a big kind of push from some of them to get doubles rankings to mean more than a singles ranking for a doubles tournament. So yes, there's, yeah, there's I know, this I know thing. you guys have a lot of like the girls that play doubles on the mm-hmm. tour. And, like, I, I agree. Uh, it's really weird to me. I, I will say that like doubles isn't as popular as singles, which is weird because in pickleball, it's completely switched <laughs> where Singles is not really cared about where doubles is. And doubles, to be honest, like some of the points in, in, in doubles is, are like incredible. Right? And, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I don't, uh, it's it's such a funky dynamic. I, I would, I really feel like when I go to play, to, to watch like some of the pro stuff, I, I definitely watch a lot of doubles. And most well. tennis players play double. Like most recreational or like club players oh, are playing yeah. doubles. What would you say? Like 80%, 90% yeah. play doubles. Like all the USDA adult leagues is doubles. It's it's like some little singles, but it's mostly doubles. So you would think it would be more popular, but you know, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, we'll it. see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, let's transition a little into gear because this is a highly questioned topic. I don't think hot anyone. Hot yeah, I got a lot hot of hot takes. takes. Okay, yeah. amazing. I'm a big gear guy. Like I obsess about this sort of stuff. So 
I love I it. Hope they can put, put have a good, get some good answers here. Okay. Well, I mean, like first things first, what racket do you start your kids with? How did you figure out even like, do you just like say, okay, this racket says between the ages of six and eight, like we'll start here and then go from there. And then the biggest question would be also is like, how do you know when your kid is ready for a bigger racket? And how do you know about strings? Okay. I'm, I should be able to answer these, but I don't, you're the expert uh, well, here. With junior stuff, especially youngsters, like young ones, like I don't think it's been very explored in the slightest. I agree. Especially having James, who's at a high level at eight years old, playing in 12s tournaments, like it's really funky to see kind of like how rackets are and, mm-hmm. and the string stuff and all that sort of thing. So, um, First thing, let me answer your question. Um, <laughs> so with kids, it's a really hard one because I don't necessarily subscribe to like, oh, six to eight years, they need to use this racket. Every kid is different. Every arm length is different. I don't really know until I see the racket in the hand with the kid. Yes, so, um, that's true. That's so it's, true. It's really tough to tell that to a parent um, because, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know, should it be like a 25 or 26 or 23? And um I usually say, okay, well, let's, let's bring out the rackets and then I, I kind of will decide what looks, what looks the best. And then as they get better, it, I, I, I literally deal with this, you know, on a monthly basis because I have players in between eight to 11 years old. And so it's always like, well, when should they move? You don't know until you know, like, especially like say with James, who most of the players that he played are playing in 27s. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, a lot of them look like they, it's too big for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a 27 will give you a lot more power than a 26. But James is in a 26. I don't think he's ready for a 27 yet. He doesn't look like it. He's still kind of, he's just got a lot long arms and it's just really loosey. <laughs> but, but I have, I have kids that, and the crazy part is like, I have kids that are shorter than him that are in 27s and it looks fine. And I kind of talk a little bit about like what that looks like. Cause in my head, it's just like a lag of the racket. Like, yeah, it's it's a hard one to kind of quantify. Cause it's like such like tennis bro speak um, that I I would say. So like, so for James, he's got really long arms and his, he's so loosey with his, with his swing. So it doesn't look like he's necessarily always in control of his racket for kids that are like have just shorter arms or more compact, like they're just built more compact, the longer rackets are better. Um, You know, just kind of depends. Like I have an 11 year old girl that she's in a 27, a Yonix, a V-Core one that's 27 and it looks fine. Mm -hmm. I have one, I have a kid that who is shorter than James um, in a 27 and a half. I I didn't do that, but, and it looks (laughs) fine, but it, but it looks absolutely fine. That kid is going to be ruined. Not, not anything wrong, but as someone that played with a 28 inch racket in juniors and and then went to college, the racket got discontinued and then was like, where do I go from here? And unknowingly played with a plus size racket, my whole college career. Like, I feel like this poor kid is always going to have like a racket that has a 350 swing weight. Yeah. Like, but it's okay. Yeah. it's, (laughs) It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's interesting, man. Um, it's definitely like uncharted territory, especially when you talk about players that are like, like I have one, he's a little guy and he's eight and he's in a 25 and he's playing 12s regular ball. And I don't know how he can hit the ball as well as he does with a 25 pick up the racket. It looks like it feels like a toy. Yeah. But man, he can, he can really swing it. 
That's crazy. You know? and, and so like, and, and I know I talked to his dad, it's like, well, you know, like when we do 26 and it's like, yeah, a couple more, six more months and then we'll kind of see. And so. Well, and so does that transition look like a demo process with the kids or is it more like a suggestion? Like this would be the next step. And at that age, do they even, obviously like we all kind of relate to like feel differently, but like, are they pretty aware of like this racket might feel softer or firmer or anything like that? Yeah. They're actually pretty cool when you, when you talk to them because they're not necessarily like the feel they just know what they like and they what they don't like right so it's usually you start them with a racket that they think looks cool mm-hmm. um, whatever mm-hmm. their you know, favorite colors are and there's just so many to choose from obviously and so like james loves the color red so he's playing the yonix v core 26 because it's red um he just likes that yeah and so he got used to that and so um but so if you start them with something that they really want to pick up that's great and then as they transition into bigger rackets, you give them a couple of rackets and they're, they're so, you know, they're kids. So they, they don't really, Oh, you know, the string bed, you know, is this so open and it's in, they just feel like, <laughs> I like this. I don't like this. And, and that's kind of what they do. Yeah. And so they're, they're pretty cool in, in that particular way. And it's pretty easy for, for them to kind of know it's mostly more like my call is to like, does this look correct in their, in their hands? Because the kids like they'll hit like 10 balls and be like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know what kids are, and that, that's it. That's what they want to play with. And what about the string aspect? Because James is hitting with Hyper-G last time I checked, which Correct. I love. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I I have a, um, a guy. I feel like write all the hate email too. Yeah, so, and and absolutely, send it to me. Send it to me. <laughs> I, I I will tell you the reasoning why he is in this. I, I have a stringer that I work with, Daryl Pollard, and um, He's really, really knowledgeable. And I feel like I'm decently knowledgeable from playing so much. So yeah, James, eight years old, 26 racket um, in a poly. Um, Most people would say, what are you doing? Um, You're going to kill his arm. And I would, for the most part, agree with you. However, Selenko does a really cool thing where they make super thin gauges. There you go. So what we started with, and, and this is when he was in a 25 with orange ball. You know, the, the, the string that they give you in the pre-strung racket, it's nice. But when you have a kid like James, like who's playing tournaments, it's like, I mean, it, they need something different. Mm-hmm. So durability. we started him really low tension. So he plays at like a 41. So the thought process is let's put him in a low tension at a, at a very thin string, like a thin poly. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting is the feel and, and pretty much the same kind of like stiffness level as like a, what they're going to give you is a, like a 16 gauge, mm-hmm. like multi or 16 gauge synthetic gut. So that's going to be, it probably is a little bit firmer that 16 gauge than a 20 gauge poly. Right. So, cause you're talking about thinness. So that's kind of what I was, what we were thinking there. And then kind of, as he got a little bit better then obviously 20 gauge wasn't like he was breaking string and with green and orange ball. And then, so we went to 19 gauge, um, as he's gotten that, that started to break a little bit more. Like we, we just, uh, switched them to the 18 gauge hyper G saw. Okay. Nice. Um, so, and he likes that one and it's at 41 pounds. That's kind of my recommendation to most of all the players that I have. So we, we go super kind of low with the string tension and we keep the gauge pretty thin because I, 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 that seems to work. I have no no kids that are complaining about arm stuff 
I mean, yeah. So, and I, I think, but I think that's the cool part about like Selenko making those super thin strings because you can kind of make it a, a pretty nice playing bed of string, but have the poly, you know, benefits to having spin. And so, you know, like it's a weird niche of like kids that are eight to 11 years old that are good. Yeah. But, but like super young. So like when you look at like the rackets, like, I mean, obviously there's not that there's not as many players like that. So it's, it's kind of tough, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird waters to navigate with, mm-hmm. with that particular group for sure. Are you straight? Are you his string? Or are you? No, I have a guy that strings for me. I'm, okay. I'm I never wanted busy. to string. It was, me neither. I looked at it. I was like, maybe I should string. And I was like, I don't want to do this. This is too hard for me. But like growing up, I always remember like going into shout out to Super Sports in Manhattan Beach, um, the, the stringers and like getting my rackets restrung with my parents. Does he like partake in that experience also? Is he part of that? Oh man, no. No, not yet. It's okay. He's He'll get like, there. Oh, yeah, this is, this he's eight. So like, he's like these you know, rackets like, seem to be restrung. Like, he's just like, oh, the string broke. And he kind of will play with a racket until the string breaks and then he's on to the next one, he's not, he's not particularly not like, crazy, oh, yeah. I got to play with a fresh bed. You know? <laughs> okay, um, that's good. <laughs> he's just kind of like, he's just playing and I mean, he's just hitting and doing that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I wish he was a little bit more into the gear stuff, but he kind of is just like, yeah, I need he's a new eight. At the end of the day, like yeah. you said, he's eight. <laughs> he's, he's more about having a new grip. He wants to have a new grip like a lot, which I get. I do too. Grip is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's kind of more where he's at. Nice. Um, any other controversial gear opinions? <laughs> Ooh, controversial gear stuff. Um, what shoes is he wearing? And does he wear adult shoes or junior shoes? And do you notice, <laughs> sorry, oh, we can, I mean, we can really geek out on this. Do you notice a significant difference between junior and adults? Um, okay. So he's, he's in junior shoes. He's, he's like in a size four, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, I don't know if parents have kids that are super finicky about like, they're it's just so sensory kind of thing. So like shoe stuff, like, like we'll order stuff from tennis warehouse. And like, I, I ordered all these different pairs because like one will feel the right way. And then once we get the right kind of shoe, um, then I'll order like a ton of it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you know, he's finicky with that sort of stuff. He's in a, he's in the new balance one, um, that he's been playing with and nice. I, as as weird it is, as it is, it's like there's also like kind of like with shoelace stuff because he has a really high like kind of arch, and so mm-hmm. um, you know like I, I kind of mess with his shoelace stuff and like try to tie the, the shoelace a different way. So like it kind of it's crazy. I, I mean like for me like I never I just kind of put shoes on and like I don't even tie them. So no, I him, I get it though. I get yeah. James. <laughs> I like used to always for have him, to- it's like you know like we. Like I, I have like a different shoelace method and then we've got the ones that are like the elastic laces now. And those seem, those seem to actually pretty do pretty good because they don't, they don't like get untied and then they kind of like flex with the, with the, his foot. Um, so that kind of seems to have been working pretty good nice. um, so far. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, you probably are aware. I don't know if most of our listeners are aware, but like a lot of tennis shoe brands um, between their adult and junior models, they are created differently, like a little cheaper, but there are a couple of brands and I think New Balance and K-Swiss are two uh, right off the top of my head that 
it's a full takedown. So it's like their model is the same, but just smaller sizing for the juniors. So, yeah, I, I, I wish most brands would do that because it's really helpful. I mean, for James, James goes through, I mean, like, you know, I mean, we all go through shoes so fast. Yeah. And if it's a takedown model, it's just like you, you get maybe three weeks out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Especially and, yeah, on a gritty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. And then, you know, and so it'd be nice. <laughs> Shout out to some yeah. of the other brands. Please do that. <laughs> okay. Well, we have like, I could probably just keep talking about to you about all this stuff, but I had some like fun kind of like end questions. Fun end questions. Okay. Fun end questions. Fire oh, away, also, what's your gear of choice right now? Okay. Um, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a 27 and a half inch racket guy. Okay. Um, always been, um, I'm playing same racket as James. Um, the, the Yonex, the Yonex, uh, V core hundred plus. Nice. Um, I've been playing with that for a while. I, I like the, the, the SV one, the black and red yes. one. Love that racket. Um, can't find it anymore. Would still play. Would still play with that racket if I could. I had a bunch, and then they. And it's just they're too gone. Much. They're so, like no one can find them. No, they were great. They were a great racket. So um, I transitioned into the the new model. Um, a couple of those, and I, I like those. I, I like those. Um, those are pretty good. And so yeah, I mean, I, I love Giannis. Yeah. I think it's a really nice product. And then are you also stringing with Slico Hyper G? Soft, maybe? I am not. I'm not no? a Hyper G guy. I, no? I, I actually like the Tour Bite. I'm, I'm okay. like, we'll pull Tour Bite. Um, love that string. I've been stringing with that for, I don't know. Oh, forever? <laughs> 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I string relatively low. I'm, I'm at 45. Okay. Um, can go a little bit lower depending on conditions when, when I'm playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I love the, the Slingo Tour Bites really good. Um, I know love people like the Hyper G. I haven't really tried the Confidential yet um, too much because um, I just kind of, the Tour Bites pretty much it for me. I like it. Nice. What shoes are you rocking on the court? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I used to be a Nike guy for sure. Um, yeah, you were wearing like the NXT Reacts for yeah, like um, some of your pickleball. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of luck with Nike lately. Um, it, not not to say it's a bad product or anything, but it's, okay. it hasn't quite. They used to like the ones before were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm in. The, I have the A6 ones. Um, Gel res? No, the fa- the faster ones. Like, oh, speed solution. Yeah, speed. yeah, those ones are awesome. Yeah, um, I bought like six pairs. I was gonna say, how did you find? They're like no one can find pairs of A6 yeah, right I, now. I, I knew that was gonna happen, and I bought like I think I have about five pairs of them. Nice. Um, so I have them in different colors and. I pretty much wear them until they have holes in the bottom. Perfect. Um, and they've been really good. I, I really like that shoe. Really nice shoe, really comfortable, and actually really durable for a speed shoe. Because sometimes with shoes, especially being a tennis pro, like you're on your feet at least six to nine, 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have a shoe that's pretty comfortable. And that one has really been it for me. Okay. A couple more fun questions. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> What would you rate as a better win, a win of your own or a win of one of your sons? Like James just <laughs> won little Mo and you oh, just man, won. <laughs> which, one. Um, which one's better? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, winning Ohio was pretty cool for me. I will say that was pretty cool. Um, however, I think James winning nationals was really cool. 
just because it's it's been a long journey from him hitting his first ball. Um, it's just super cool to watch your your kid just you know be able to compete and play and not not yes be successful. That's awesome, but just be able to enjoy the sport that you really enjoy. And um, I think it was just it was really cool. Like I. I, I, I was caught up in emotions for sure mm-hmm. in that one. Um, it, it's just, it's, it was a really cool experience to see him, you know, do that and, and really just compete and fight and, and, and enjoy himself the way he did in that, in that tournament. That was a, that was a big win for, for him. And, you know, as, as a coach parent, yeah, it was, it was super cool. I mean, it was, it's definitely a, a, a nice little moment for sure. I, I love that. And then my other fun question was, what did you want to be when you were growing up? <laughs> and how do you, how does it relate oh, man. to what you're up to um, now? <laughs> that's a great question. I, I had some really nice role models. Um, you know, shout out to my coach, Mark McCampbell, um, in my junior days. Um, he was always super cool, a super nice guy. Um, and I thought that that was what he was doing was really cool. So I was always open to the fact of being a coach. Um, cause I thought that was a really fun job and you get to play tennis and you get to help kids and adults and everything with their game. I was always open to that. Um, obviously when I went to college, there's a lot of different things. And then, you know, as you play a lot of tennis, you kind of go, well, do, do I really want to do this more? And, um, I was teaching and then I was kind of trying to figure out like, do I want to go away from tennis or not? And then I got offered the head pro job at sunset. And I honestly, I, I, I didn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that this was, if I took this job, this would be tennis for my career. You know, like I said, shout out to my, my director, Paul Steele. He's been there for over 30 years. He's an awesome guy. I wouldn't want to work for anybody else. And I was so happy I took that. And, and I knew, like I said, I knew that was going to be my career and I was totally fine with that. And it's been, it's been a great ride so far. I feel like we all go through like any, I'll, there's a lot of us that are still in tennis, but I feel like we all yeah. go through a phase where we're like, should I get far, far away from tennis and not be that tennis girl anymore or tennis guy, like that tennis Michelle? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, back. you're in tennis, you're in tennis along with me and we played. So it's, it's, it's a long road, like I mentioned, and there's so many ups and downs and there's so many times you go, do I want to keep being in tennis? And like, because like, this is something that, you know, like you almost, I mean, you, you're known as tennis, right? You know? Yeah. It's so you. The, the thing with that is I've always been comfortable with the fact that tennis is a huge part of my life and it's shaped me as a person. And so, and I'm, I, I love it. Like, and that's what, that's the thing too, is it shows when you start talking about it, you're like, okay, well, this person, you are meant to be doing what you're doing. But that's the thing. When you get in kind of those, you know, like those valleys, you're kind of like, eh, should I get away from tennis? And it's like, well, no, because like, that's what I, I, I want to do. Like that's, it shaped me so much as a person and taught me so much and all of that sort of thing. Like I would never want to really get away from it. Like, like some of the people that I know that don't really play, like, like the guys I know from juniors that don't really play, like, or don't really even do it anymore. I, I, it's good for them. I don't personally understand it. I, even for me, like I'm a coach and I'm, I still play. I will find myself going to the court, even if I'm not working. I mean, almost every day it's, if I'm not coaching, cause I still like go coach a little bit and then I want to hit and then, or if I'm playing pickleball, which is still going to the court, it's just something that's just a part of my life. And I, I'm, I'm totally, like I said, I'm totally fine with that. I love um, that. 
because it's it's active and when i have like and you know during quarantine and all that stuff i was dying dying because I, I needed to get out and, and either play or just just go out there and you know just feel at home on the courts mm-hmm. exactly and that's it I feel at home on the courts and like that's the best place to be at least I think you think too I'm sure Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people think that as well yeah. yeah any like last bit of advice that you can offer to a parent that might be listening and their kids might be struggling with motivation or they just aren't having fun what would you just kind of say to encourage them and be able to help them encourage their kids? Okay, great question. Um, I deal with this a lot. Um, <laughs> so first off, you, you want to find a coach slash program that they're going to enjoy. Um, if they are not having fun, go find another place. There are many places that that um, you can find. Sometimes, especially in junior tennis, if the fit's not right, you can move on and, and all that sort of stuff. But really, and I've said this a bunch in this in this interview already, but find a place that's going, they're going to have fun. They're going to enjoy going to. Mm-hmm. And and whether or not that's like technical work or what you think as a parent is more beneficial, it's it's wherever they're in, if they want to go there, then that's where they should go. Mm-hmm. That's 1000% it. Because sometimes it's parents like you'll get the like, well, you know what, they, they, you're not really working on this. And it's like, but okay, but like you, it's such a long road. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you want to, you want to have some place that you're going to go that's going to be enjoyable. And then also for parents, um, it's really tough for a lot of parents because they didn't go through playing juniors and not saying that that's wrong, but everyone seems to stress out on the now of like this next tournament or this last tournament or this month, they haven't been playing well, what's going on, all that sort of stuff. You know, I know it is a long road. The prog- It's all about the progression. So I have parents going like, ah, oh, you know, like they, they played terrible. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like what's wrong. I go, well, let's break down the match. When they played this player last time, did they get a better score? Well, they did. Okay. So that means improvement. Mm-hmm. So, Look at the long progression. It's a long, long road. If they're enjoying themselves and they're playing, they're going to get better. And trust, trust in the process. In, in our program, we, we have goals and all that and all that sort of stuff. So, but remember, it like progression and improvement is it's never on a line that's like just straight up. Mm-hmm. It's always like <laughs> yeah. so you got to ride the wave. Yeah. And, I, I think with a lot of parents, they are, I get it. I'm a parent. I get it. Like you, you know, they're just hyper reactive as to kind of what happens. And you're really just trying to, to have your kid improve and go through the progression. And if they're doing that, then they're doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we want our kids to, you know, immediately have success. And it's not, it's not like that. And you have to look at it, you know, like, you have to look at it as an eight year, six year, 10 year process to, to get to where, you know, you want to go. And it, it can't happen today. It might not happen this month. It might not happen next year, mm-hmm. but it will eventually happen. And you just got to keep trusting it. Nice. Oh, that's great advice. Cause it's definitely something that comes up and yeah, I mean, I, I feel for all the parents out there that are navigating. It's been a, it's been a funky one because I've always been a coach. So I'm like more like, kind of like, Oh yeah, great. You did well. Okay. You know, yeah, you're getting better. 
But as a parent, it's tough. It's so emotional. You can be so emotional wrapped up in every point of your kids playing, which I mean, I get. Um, so like for me, it's easier to go into coach mode when James is playing mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. go like, oh, okay, was, was that the right play? Should he have done that in like, in a term of like point play stuff, you know, not just like, oh, he missed a shot. Like, oh, like, what's going on? They're not moving their feet. Oh, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you just got to relax and like, okay, are they, are they playing the right way? Are they being a good sport? Are they doing all this sort of stuff? And that's really what matters more than anything, not the score and the UTR and all my UTR is going to go down and all that sort of stuff. It's more about just, like I said, it's about taking your time with the progression. Kids, some kids improve fast. Some kids improve slowly. Some kids improve really quick in one month and then kind of plateau. So it just, it's, a, it's takes a while. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I feel like we could have like check-in segments of like <laughs> <laughs> check-in <laughs> with Gwen and figure out what's going on with junior tennis and your tennis. Um, this has been super insightful and I think hopefully really good for everyone listening, whether you have a kid in tennis or you're coaching tennis or all the above. I don't know. I mean, even myself, it's, it's so interesting to like, look back. Like, I don't know if you ever have this experience, but like, as we get older, I'm like, I don't feel like I've gotten older, but then I look back at my experiences and I'm like, oh, wow, there's been so much in the tennis world that has shaped and like changed the way yeah. that I am and react. And like, even I coach college in my mid twenties. If I were doing that exact same job today, I would probably change about 75% yeah, of the way sure. I approached it. Well, yeah, no, as you get older, you, you, you learn a lot more and you learn what's more important and what's not and, mm-hmm. and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're getting older, Michelle. I know. We kind of are like, sadly. Sadly, um, you know, I have students like that are married with kids now, um, which is so creepy for me. Not creepy for them, but like, it's weird. I feel, I still feel like I'm like 25. And, Same. I think me know, too. We're maybe we're stuck in 25. We're young yeah, maybe, at heart. <laughs> we're just finding it so hard. Like we're not old. Well, I like the crazy thing too, is like, you're talking about like, make sure it's fun for the kids. I like as an adult, <laughs> as an adult, um, now I'm like, okay, if I'm going to train in the gym, I'm going to do what's fun for me. It's like literally a parallel. Like if you're going to be consistent at something, you got to find the fun in it. Absolutely. I mean, like, especially like if you're coaching little ones and stuff like that, always you're having fun. They're going to have fun. Everybody wants to have fun. It's not just a kid thing. It's an adult thing. It's an, it's a 80 plus year old thing. Dogs want to have fun. Everybody (laughs) wants to have fun. So like, if you can keep it that way. We're here for the fun. That's what, okay. So that's what we're taking away from this episode. More fun in 2022. Um, how can people follow you? And even if they're local, check out your program. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I have an Instagram. It's called uh, Quinn to the Wild, um, like into the wild and Quinn. Um, and it's with one N. I actually have two N's in my name. A lot of people will think I, I actually spell my name with one N. So it's Q-U-I-N-T-O-W-I-L-D. Cool. Uh, on Instagram, um, we do, if you want to see not good YouTube content, you can come um, 
YouTube art. I, I have a YouTube, which is like James basically at four or five years old walking around his house thinking he's going to be a YouTube star. Yes. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you could watch some of those, I'm sure he'd love that. We will um, be sure to link them in the episode yeah, also. Yeah. All the kids <laughs> in my program think it's like, this is so funny. And I'll post some tennis stuff there too. Um, so yeah, there's that. And um, Sunset Hills Country Club, Thousand Oaks, California, 4155 Herbs Road. Um, we are a private country club. Um, we have a, you know, a, burgeoning, a really nice uh, junior program that's, that's coming up. Um, so if you're ever interested, text me and get, get me on my Instagram, all that sort of stuff. If you ever want to come train, all that sort of thing. I mean, like we're private, so we kind of more members and stuff like that obviously it's really it's really nice and you know thousand oaks is a great area i love living here i love being in ventura county and all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah and anyone listening as socal kids um i don't know how you were but i know like driving an hour to a lesson or a clinic wasn't a big deal (laughs) and it I mean so if you're in LA like Thousand Oaks isn't that far or even like Santa Barbara Thousand Oaks isn't that far like I know we're very like commuter friendly so if you do have a if you're listening you have a kid who and you think like this could be a good fit it might be something to check it out and reach out to Quinn and if you're far away or if you're like you know I I obviously know a lot of you know really great coaches and great programs there's so many in Southern California um, to choose from. So if it's, you know, if you're not close to me, all that sort of thing, I can definitely recommend anything else, um, to that because, you know, like, I mean, SoCal, we're so privileged to have this many great programs and great players. There's so many great coaches out there really doing great stuff. And I mean, I, I think like even with like USA Southern Cal has, has done a great job, I think in the last six months of really trying to get this, get kind of everything going back with all their programming. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm all about it. Nice. And then last but not least, if you have any questions, especially about junior gear and like, if Quinn really wants to get into it, you can send him videos. (laughs) Sorry. I just, (laughs) I'm signing you up for extra harassment, but, um, we're more than happy to help. So leave them in the comments below or reach out to us on email podcast at tennis-warehouse.com and yeah, this was awesome. Let us know if you like this episode. If you want to hear more junior tennis content with amazing coaches, uh, parents, like, subscribe. Quinn has a goal to get this episode high numbers. So yeah. let's, yeah, let's... All, all my, all my kids are going to watch it. All my, all my uh, club members, I hope. Yes. Um, I mean, if, if you don't watch the whole thing, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Smash that like button, get a sub. You know how it is. I have to watch all these crazy right? YouTube videos. I know. Games, so like, I know how it is. Comment, subscribe, share with yeah, your comment, friend. No. comment. The algorithm gets better. Uh, <laughs> oh, I swear. All of that. Thank you so much for joining me. This is super fun. It was fun oh, to thanks like. Thanks for having me, Michelle. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think we could talk even longer, but then, you know. <laughs> we'll we'll just have to schedule another episode. I mean, we got to get the views up, though. <laughs> yeah, sure, only make, if the views sure. are up. Yeah, the views are up, then, <laughs> then we, we could do a part two for sure. Perfect. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I guess that's it. Happy hitting. All right, cool. Thank cool, you. Cool, Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting.